Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Daily Bailey podcast for your daily dose of baseball today. I'm here with Cole Rowland, current graduate student pitcher on the number one ranked Wake Forest baseball team, where he helped lead the Deacons to the ACC quarterfinals and the College World Series. Before being named to the All-ACC academic team at Wake, Cole was co-captain and a major contributor to his team at Dartmouth, ranking third on the team in appearances. Thank you so much for coming on, Cole. Now, I want to dive right in. So, you grew up just outside of Boston, one of the most sports-centered cities probably in the world, particularly with the Red Sox. How did your love for baseball really start? So honestly, my love for baseball kind of started, I mean, when, obviously when I was very young, um, my dad was a baseball and football player. Um, so obviously growing up in that environment, I definitely gravitated towards those two sports. Um, but yeah, it, was, it honestly just started just with, I mean, obviously my dad put me in baseball when I was very young, T-ball, um, Little League, all going through that. Yeah. And it was really just, I think, being able to go to the field every day, like having a routine and just having fun doing that with my dad, just being able to go to the batting cages every day. That was really something I looked forward to just pitching lessons with him and everything like that kind of just really developed a love for the game. And I think it was just that feeling that I got when I was really young made me really want to continue it as I got older. Definitely. And you mentioned, you know, you played two sports. I think it was football you mentioned. How did that cross training help your baseball game? Honestly, I think um, just being able to shut off baseball a little bit in the fall. Like I I never played fall ball, actually, when I was growing up. It was just once uh, summer ended with baseball and I got into football. It was really it was just a good mental reset. And it honestly, I think really helped me just like training for football in the during the fall, just getting more athletic and just like the whole brotherhood and just like playing with a whole group of guys in football and just like the toughness aspect of everything really helped me in baseball because also like say some the season didn't end the way I wanted to in baseball it's not like I would just be thinking about that the whole fall all winter going into the next year it was I was able to get a nice mental reset have fun playing football and also with that was the um since football is a really violent game, it was just the like hard hitting competitive nature of football that I really gravitated towards. And that was also something that really helped me in baseball because it was just bringing over that same mindset from football onto the baseball field really helped me with just like competing on the mound, the pitcher hitter confrontation and everything like that. So I think, I think football was honestly a, a very big help with just how I turned out as a baseball player. Definitely. I can relate to that too. So I played field hockey and tennis and tennis is so individual, kind of similar to baseball being a pitcher, at least because you're up there alone on the mound and I'm I'm alone out there on the court. And then with field hockey too, it's like Mm -hmm. that, that individual responsibility, but then also bringing that to the team is, is really important. It helped, it helped me as well. So I know you attended Thayer Academy, a private school in Massachusetts. I'd love for you to take me through your recruiting process and your eventual decision to attend Dartmouth. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I attended their academy and just obviously throughout the um, high school recruiting process, I had coaches coming out to watch, going on visits and stuff like that. And out of high school, I was basically thinking I was like, OK, 
I need to be able to go to a school that maybe I wouldn't have been able to get in just based on, um, at, like based on academics. I was like, if I have the opportunity to go to an Ivy League school um, that I might not have had without baseball, like that's an opportunity I definitely need to take. Um, not only is it a great experience, but it also sets me up for everything that comes after baseball. If baseball works out, I, obviously I would love that. That's that's my dream. Um, but if it if it doesn't, then I wanted to put myself in the best um, opportunity to succeed after. Um, mm -hmm. So that was definitely one of my biggest um, like thoughts going into the whole recruiting process. So when um, a lot of the Ivy League schools started to come around, um, that was definitely something I gravitated towards. Mm -hmm. um, and then Dartmouth uh, specifically, it was, I actually remember it. So I, it was my junior year on uh, Easter. My family and I went up to Dartmouth and we watched um, one of their games. Uh, it was a Sunday series and it was just a beautiful day. Sun was shining. It was a great environment there. And I was like, you know what, this, this is where I want to go to school. Um, and that day I went up in the coach's office after that with my family and I committed on the spot wow. and yeah, after that, it just, um, yeah, it, it was definitely the place that I could see myself most out of everyone that I was talking to at that point. That's awesome. It sounds like a seamless transition and I can't believe that's awesome that you just committed right on the spot. But I know with so many athletes, especially looking at such rigorous schools and going to a really competitive school in high school, like there, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Did you feel a lot of pressure in high school from your coaches or peers or even your parents? Um, in a way, yes. Uh, just because obviously the whole recruiting process is just very stressful because you want to, you obviously you want to continue playing baseball and that's kind of, um, where all these schools are coming from. Right. So you're like, I, am I going to get the schools that I would like to attend um, based on my athletic ability? And like, so that, that was kind of like the most stressful part. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that was like freshman, sophomore year, just not knowing. I was like, are the schools that are going to offer me schools that I would actually want to go to? Yeah. And once junior year started to come around and I was starting to get offers from schools that I would actually like to attend, Mm -hmm. Then the stress kind of started to get mitigated a little bit. And I was like, you know what, this, this is actually fun. Like yeah. I am now opportunities to go to schools that I would actually really love to go to that. Maybe I thought that maybe I wouldn't have been able to go to in the past. So the, the stress definitely declined like as time went along, time went on. Definitely. I agree with so, that. I, I was a little late in the committed commitment process myself for college sports and I felt like everyone around me was getting committed and I was like I'm just not getting the offers I want so definitely as as time progressed I totally agree with you um so then once you get to Dartmouth you miss your first season due to an injury and then the next two were impacted by the pandemic during such a difficult time I mean that was so hard for all of us but I can imagine with an injury that's that's another layer to the pandemic um how how did you cope yeah honestly it, it, it was very tough um, I went in freshman year um, wanting to be one of our starting pitchers and obviously uh, two of my buddies in my class ended up being starting pitchers as well they they were they were great pitchers um, so I think they probably would have been anyways um, but it was just the 
yeah, it was, it was honestly tough. Just like not being able to just help the team win my freshman year. Um, but once I was able to get over that, I realized my recovery process was going very well. Once I was coming back from Tommy John, I wasn't really having any problems um, with the recovery. I would get sore now and then, but it was never a pain. So I, I realized that everything was going as it should and that I would be able to come back and pitch after that. And that really helped me get through freshman year, just um, being able to you know get closer with all the guys that were on the team, whether I was helping them win on the field or not, I was still trying to help in any other way that I could off the field, just talking to guys, um, cheering them on as they're on the field, helping out with the, the gun and tracking, yeah. uh, tracking in the uh, stands and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, going into a uh, sophomore year that um, it was very excited going into my sophomore season. I was ready to go, was hoping to be one of the starting pitchers as well that year. And then uh, when we got the call that um, COVID was obviously happening and our season was going to get canceled, that was and that was definitely tough considering I lost my freshman year as well. And I was like, wow, you know what? Like, now I can't play my first two years of college. Like, this definitely sucks. But it wasn't just me. Everyone was going through this at the same time. So that, I, that helped um, – definitely get me through that a little bit I was like you know what everyone's in the same boat like we can get we can all get through this together mm -hmm. and then junior year comes around yeah. and that was the definitely the hardest part to get through because as you know like the Ivy League was really the only division one league um, that ended up canceling their season junior year and that definitely put me uh, in a tough place um just being able to watch college baseball on TV, knowing that we should be playing and we're not. And I hadn't been able to play my first two seasons. And now my third season's coming up. I was hoping to like try to get drafted. I, like th that's what usually happens. It's like a junior year draft type thing mm -hmm. or after senior year. And I was like, wow. I'm missing all the three years that are supposed to lead up to the draft. Like this is, this is really tough. Um, but one thing that really helped me get through that was my old summer baseball coach that I played for in high school. Mm -hmm. um, Pete Maroka, his buddy or his son, um, buddy Maroka actually played at Harvard and then went over to Northeastern um, and did grad year there. Um, his dad set up a kind of like an Ivy league baseball league up uh, awesome. in in north yeah so so that that really helped get through that so we basically got a bunch of the ivy league guys who weren't able to play and then there was some guys um from umass amherst that came over as well and we got umpires and we started doing like little scrimmages up in northborough um so we did that over that i think that was the fall of my junior year and I wasn't playing for school, but I was still getting to play baseball. So I was, I was happy with that. And it was just, I started doing tread athletics too, uh, remotely. Yeah. So I was just able to, if I felt like I was still able to play baseball, like I was able to do all the training that I wanted to, and I was still able to compete. I was with guys that I always had fun being with. Um, and then I had a couple of, um, uh, my teammates from Dartmouth living with me, uh, 
Cade Kretschmar and Justin Murray living with me too. So it was, it was fun. And that made it a lot easier to get through that whole junior year. And then the, that uh, spring while everyone was playing, we kind of did the same thing. We weren't like playing games, but we were just doing a bunch of live at bats and we had some scouts come out and watch us doing that. So it, I was, it, it was able to get me ready for that uh, summer after junior year where I went and I uh, played summer ball in, uh, Vermont in the NECBL I was on the Mountaineers team so I think um, definitely missing all those seasons uh, for sure I mean put a toll on my mental stress a little bit um, sure. but there there was always ways that I was able to cope with it and other people really helped me through that um, and yeah. then that brought me into my summer where I was, where I got the opportunity to play in the NECBL, had a great summer, was an all-star there. And um, that's, I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And maybe, maybe one of those seasons I would have gotten hurt again, and maybe it would have been an injury that could have ended my baseball career. So I'm just kind of trying to look at it in that, through that lens of everything happens for a reason. It got me to where I am now, because in that uh, junior season, I went off and um, I was able to reconnect with the pitching coach actually at Wake Forest after that season. And I ended up even committing there before I had even stepped foot on campus my senior year at Dartmouth. Oh my gosh, and I didn't realize that. Before, yeah, before I'd even uh, played a game at Dartmouth, I, <laughs> I committed to Wake because wow. the pitching coach at Wake Forest actually, he recruited me at a high school when he was at St. John's. And I went to a visit there. Um, and I loved him. He was definitely one of the uh, coaches that I gravitated the most towards. He was definitely, honestly, the, one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. And I really wanted to play for him. But at that point, I realized, especially in mid-major, you can't necessarily go to somewhere based on a coach. Because if they are that good, they're no longer going to be there in yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I started, I was like, hey, Moose. I love you and I want to play for you, but yeah. I don't think St. John's is the right school for me at this point. Like we'll see what happens down the road. And that kind of led to, yeah, junior year, he ended up going to Maryland. So he actually left by the time that I would have uh, been a freshman at St. John's. So, Oh my gosh. So no everything kidding. Everything does out. happen for a reason. Yeah. I mean, and then he ended up going to Maryland started to turn that program around a little bit, then got the pitching uh, coach job at Wake Forest. And yeah, once I was ready for a grad transfer opportunity, he was at a school that I had always wanted to go to when I was younger, just because there was a lot of um, big time baseball players from the New England area that I'd always gone to Wake. So that was always a school that I was like, you know what, that'd be really cool to play at. Mm -hmm. So now that he was here, uh, finally got the opportunity to come and I've been happy ever since. That's awesome. So what, what was that transition like? I know you mentioned, um, you know, kind of position battle a little bit your freshman year. That's what you were expecting going into it. Um, you know, what, what's it been like at Wake Forest? How was that transition? And obviously as a pitcher, you know, you're, you're alone there on the mound, so you're competing for that. How, how did that work for you? So at Wake Forest, um, my coming in, I was definitely a little nervous because I was like, you know what, I've never played really at this level of college baseball, it was the kind of thoughts that just go through your head during that. It's like, am I able to do this? Um, do I have the talent to actually compete here? Yeah. Um, 
But as, as the fall went along, um, Corey Muscara and um, Mike McFerrin, who's our uh, pitching lab director, they both really helped me. It was working on mechanics a little bit, but honestly, they really helped me more on the mental side of everything. Mm-hmm. It was, I didn't really have a routine. It was, I would just kind of go there every day, do my work. And that, that was that. And I didn't really have like a mental routine that I was able to get myself into like a good position in my head to actually receive all of the like teachings that they were kind of like uh, telling me in terms of pitching mechanics and just competing in general. Mm -hmm. So I actually had a little bit of an injury uh, during the fall. I strained my rotator cuff a little bit. And once again, everything happens for a reason. And we saw this kind of as an opportunity to, you know what, forget about the the throwing aspect, forget about mechanics. Like you can't throw for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into the mental aspect of pitching and just yeah. life in general. So we started to get like a good routine. I did like a little mental priming video, um, yeah. some journaling and just like positive self-talk. And I used those two or three weeks that I was recovering from uh, my shoulder just a little injury wasn't but, um, to really just work on my mental aspect of everything. And once I came back, I was in a much better headspace to actually start throwing and to compete and just continuing that I was able to have a good fall, um, ended up pitching really well at Tennessee um, in our fall scrimmage and and everyone was able to see that I was a good competitor, but mm-hmm. I don't think if I had that setback that I would have been able to get into that right headspace mm-hmm. and the whole year might have turned out in a different way so right. I think anyway and, and honestly the battle for a position it, it was mainly it wasn't like a competition between any of the guys it was just everyone doing their hardest like going their hardest doing their best in order to put the team in the best position to win and yeah. if you happen to be the guy that they put out on the mound you were happy for yourself and you were happy for whatever other guy they put out in the field because you know that they worked they worked hard to get there and they were on the mound for a reason. And that reason was just to put the team in the best position to win. So honestly, I think like aspect of fighting for a job, it was more of a just do what you do day in and day out. And then if you happen to be on the mound, you're meant to be on the mound at that point. And it was the best position that our team could be in to win. That's a great mindset. And I loved what you said about the mental aspect and working, you know, taking that time to work on your routine. I spoke with Louis Guerrero from the Houston Astros and he like used the the Calm app. That was like his big thing. Um, And a lot of athletes, no matter, you know, if they're in college, they're pros, everyone needs some sort of routine. So I really appreciate that. Um, that you have that. And I know one of your assets is your curveball and your changeups, which we definitely saw against Notre Dame last season. How did you hone in on those skills and why did you choose to perfect those rather than let's say a fastball? So that was honestly one of the biggest differences between um, Dartmouth and here with, um, with how I actually like succeeded. So at Dartmouth, I didn't know much about like pitch usage and like, I always knew I had a good curveball, but we were always taught like you need to establish the fastball. And I was like, okay, like I don't, I don't throw absurdly hard. I was like 90, 92, like maybe touch 93. So I was like, I have a decent fastball, but I do have an exceptional curveball. 
why wouldn't I use it more? So that was kind of what the change in my success was when I went from Dartmouth to here. I didn't change a whole lot in terms of um, like pitch ability. Like I didn't gain a whole lot of velo on my fastball. Like my velo went up like an average of one mile an hour. So not a huge difference. It definitely helped a little bit, but my pitch usage changed a lot. I was like 60% fastball at Dartmouth and 40% curveball because at that point I really didn't have a change much of a change up. Um, so when I came, so it was actually, I developed a change up in the summer after my senior year, I went down to uh Falmouth in the Cape league to pitch down there. Yeah. And I, I was a reliever. Like I was our closer at Dartmouth mm-hmm. and I only threw two pitches. And then the pitching coach at Falmouth, was my pitching coach in high school. Um, So he might have, I don't know, maybe still thought I was a starter or something like I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So when I get down there on a Wednesday or whatever, I call one of my buddies who's on the team and I was like, Hey, like, let's go play catch. I need to just like get going again before the, before the summer ramps up. And he was just like, well, as we were playing catch, he's just like, oh, yeah, I saw your uh, name on the board, like on the rotation. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're pitching tomorrow. And I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. It was like, okay, I've like, A, never pitched in the Cape League. Like, this is yeah. very good competition. And now I'm going in there and I'm starting a game and I have two pitches and I had no idea that I was like starting down here. They're like, so get ready, up, Cole, you're uh, going in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I end up coming the next day and I was starting and I was like, you know what? Well, if I'm starting, I need three pitches. And I had kind of been working on a change up like the, the spring leading up to that, but I would throw it in warm up pitches and then it wouldn't be anywhere near the zone. And I was like, you know what? Scrapping this. I'm not, I'm not throwing that today, but uh Cape Lee came around and I was like, well, I need three pitches. Um, I started throwing it in warm-ups and it was a little better than it had been. And it just clicked. Like literally that game, it just clicked. And I was kind of like 33, 33, 33 pitch usage across all pitches, threw more changeups than I ever had in my life in that one game. And I went five innings, like two runs, maybe like six Ks, one you walk. Perform well under pressure. Yeah, yeah, that that is do, something that I definitely do take pride in. Um, yeah. I would like to think that I usually rise to the occasion. Um, yeah. And I think that's just like all the preparation that I've done in my life that allows me to do that. Um, but yeah, I rose to the occasion there, um, ended yeah. up throwing the change up, it worked. And literally that one day had changed my baseball career because then I turned into a curveball change up pitcher. Yeah. And now I actually had two pitches that I could command pretty well and both had great movement um so yeah fast forward into Wake Forest a little bit um that was one of the biggest changes was just hey you have an okay heater mm-hmm. but you have exceptional curveball and change up why not throw that more right and I was like what I agree let's do yeah. it so we started throwing it more and then I was 80 percent curveball and change up 20% fastball and literally just that change in pitch usage uh, changed my entire career here. I don't think I would have had the success that I did last year. And if I didn't make that change. Yeah. And I can't wait to see it this year too. So 
I, looking ahead to the future, I can't let you go without talking about your viral TikTok moment for how hype you were against LSU with the College World, World Series. Does hyping yourself up and your teammates up really help you? Is that something that you really pride yourself on? Yes, uh, 100%. I, I <laughs> like to get fired. Um, and once again, like, I guess that kind of relates back to my football days. I think it was just, that was the personality that I've always had. Um, yeah. just, I love competing. Yeah. I love being out there with the guys having fun. Um, and I like making other people feel good. So I think, uh, <laughs> the flipping of the glove, <laughs> yeah. you know, helps you feel good too. You're getting amped. I mean, that's so important. Uh, you got to get fired up. It, it really, it really is. And I think it's, it's really hard to compete if you can't get into whatever headspace that you need to be in to be successful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's just the headspace that I have to get in. It's just kill or be killed. Just <laughs> like the process kind of it's, it's, it's war out there and it's just the pitcher hitter confrontation and whoever's tougher and believes that they can win that battle more is going to win that battle. So yeah, I'm no sure one's going really to believe it. Yeah, I'm sure it was intimidating for the um for the batter for who was ever up at bat to see you so excited. I would be scared if someone was that confident on the mound. Yeah, right. I'd be like, I'm not ready for this. Um, what was your reaction to the TikTok response? Honestly, I I mean, I thought it was really cool. I mean, yeah, I had never really had this type of exposure before. So after that game, just opening my phone and having like fuck. So, having like 500 texts <laughs> yeah. um, and like a bunch of DMS on Instagram, I like a bunch of new followers and then seeing that go viral on uh TikTok and just people sending me that all the time. It was, it was really cool um, personally, but I think it was honestly a better opportunity to just like help people as well. Like there was a lot of um, young, like middle school, high school baseball players that just DM'd me and were like, "Hey, like I love watching you on the mound." It was, it's like, how do you feel comfortable expressing yourself like that? And a bunch of kids who just didn't really feel comfortable um, in their own skin, like expressing how they are as like as a baseball player. And I found it just as like a really good opportunity to help younger kids. Just I was like, you know what, like if people can't respect what you're doing, then they shouldn't, it doesn't matter what they think. Like you're, you're doing this for you. You're doing this for the people who care about you. And if the only people that are making fun of you for doing like certain things on the mound and expressing yourself are only people that are jealous of you and they don't matter at all. So I think it was just letting these young kids know, like, you can express yourself however you want to, whether it's on the mound and the batter's box and daily life. I think that it was a really good opportunity to help them. And I hope that I did help them and just allow them to feel comfortable in their own skin. I'm sure you did. So, you know, I need mean, you could definitely have a career on TikTok and with the new social media following. But if that doesn't work out, I know you studied government and political science at Dartmouth. You're in the business school right now at Wake Forest. Um, what are your kind of plans for your future career? Um, honestly, my my goal is to play baseball um, for as long as I can. Um, I like to kind of think of it as like, I have a plan A and that's my plan until it doesn't work out. Um, I truly believe that if I put too much attention to a plan B, I'm just taking that attention away from a plan A. And that means I don't truly believe in it. 
And so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Uh, I know that I have a good basis um, with education and I know I have a pretty good mindset. Um, so I know that will help me say if, if baseball doesn't work out and I'll be able to, and I've um, like a great family also who's, who will help me to figure out whatever it is that I would need to do after that. Um, but as of right now, I'm going baseball full throttle um, Love it. and if by chance that doesn't work out, then I know everything happens for a reason and I'll be able to figure out exactly what I need to do after that. But until then, I'm going straight baseball right now. You're going baseball. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, that's a great mindset to have too. Whatever happens, happens for a reason. And it seems like you have a great head on your shoulders, great, great mental, um, mental capacity for, for the game and for life. So I'm really excited to see your upcoming season. Do you mind sharing your, your social media where people can find you and follow you? Yeah. Um, I honestly, I don't even have a Twitter anymore, but my Instagram is Cole Roland 22. Um, and yeah, that's honestly really the only thing that I'm. <laughs> no problem at all. Thank you so much, Cole. And we wish you and the rest of the Wake Forest baseball team, the best of luck in the upcoming season.